0: One thing I used to write in 2020 is I want to get a 15 million portfolio and have this much cash flow and stuff like that. That's completely out of the park. I don't, I, I think about other things now, my vision is basically like sitting and knowing what I really want to do with my time. And that is like, I love traveling. Um, I, I want to spend time more with family and friends and and, and teaching and giving back. So portfolio wise is getting to a cash flow that allows me to get to that vision. So I did a not a homework, like a, a work one day, maybe like five months ago in which I wrote down my ideal year, what would I be doing? How much travel I need? How much money I need? How much that? And put a dollar value to it. And then I realized, actually, I don't need $10 million. I just need $20,000 cash flow a month. And that's it. So my vision changed from holding like so many units to actually having less units, which is going to give me that cash flow.
1: Have
2: you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth, Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str course.
1: This episode is sponsored by our brand new course called Fast Fire Bookkeeping for Real Estate Investors. Do you have a pile of receipts and a bunch of statements that are stacking up in your office and the pile isn't getting any smaller? Are your rental properties getting you closer to financial freedom? Do you even know how your properties are performing? Well, the answer to your problem is doing your books the right way, and that's what our course is about. We'll teach you how to set up your books the right way, not just for tax time, but also so you can unlock the insights that will help you maximize your cash flow. For more information or to sign up, go to semi forward slash fast fire bookkeeping. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leti Kenji. Today, we're really excited to have Dr. Ayush Gupta here joining us to tell us about his incredible story. Hey, Ayush, how you doing? I'm good, Latian and Kenji. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you. So we are so excited to have you because you're doing so many unique things in your real estate portfolio. We wanted other people to hear and learn from what you're doing. So could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in real estate in the first place?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was born and raised in India. I did my med school over there. I moved to the US in 2012 where I, and I did my residency and training in pediatric emergency medicine. And uh, I moved down to New Orleans run just over two years ago. And I had no idea about real estate, no idea about fire, financial investing, no, nothing was being taught to us, you know, like any other med student, resident or fellow. And then COVID hit, like any other physician, I was trying to buy a single family house for myself and spend like $500,000 on it in New Orleans. And then COVID hit, you can't go see the houses. And then that's when I stumbled into a lot of like... Um, a lot of courses and uh, summit the first one was actually by uh, by peter kim that mm-hmm. i i heard and i heard you guys over there for the first time and then i i joined you you guys' course after that it was a lot of like a transition into okay this is something that i've never learned so i gotta like just go deep deep into it uh, reading books listening to a lot of people where i was in my journey because i was just a few months out of training uh, i started like Looking at house hacking, so I uh, last year in October 2020, I, I bought a fourplex in New Orleans, and um, it was occupied. It's in a um, Class A neighborhood. It's very, very good tenants. Uh, so I had to like um, make some changes. Uh, like out of the four people who lived here, four tenants, we had to get eventually three or four out, and now we have a full cycle of renovations, new tenants. Uh, we, I myself live over here and, um, we like, uh, already cash out refi and, and got a HELOC and, now uh, putting that HELOC and cash out to buying a, a short-term rental, which I'm under contract in Asheville.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay. So much yeah. in there and you've done incredible things. First, I want to hear why real estate, why real estate over anything else? What attracted you to it?
0: Yeah, it's very like, uh, it's, it's a commodity that you can touch, you can hold, uh, compared to like stock and cash, which you don't know uh, and can flow away. It's a commodity that appreciates. It can cash flow if done right. And I am a big, uh, not believer, but I, I, I think inflation is real and it's going to happen. And the dollar right now is going to lose value in five years. But uh, real estate will still appreciate in five years or it will still bring you cash flow in five years. So uh, real estate was a good avenue for me to get into
2: very cool. So you started with a house hack. Can you tell us how how you really like decided on living there and how you maybe got over some of the barriers that would have held a lot of people back and in your place?
0: Oh, I had so many barriers starting this house. I had so many challenges and the best part of the journey is always like up and down. It's not, not always up. So that's the best part. So as I said, October is when I bought this house. I had, the tenants never want to leave. Like the people who lived here have been lived here for like four, five years. And uh, when you house hack, you have to move into one of the units within the first 60 days. So initially I did not even like being over here. It was just a uh, terrifying situations living next to your tenants. And the best part is it's your house. You can make changes and you don't have to be best friends with the tenants, but you don't have to be like really mean landlord to them as well. Eventually, what happened was they, they figured out that I'm, whatever I'm doing is for the betterment of the property and to improve uh, the building as it's, whole, as it's whole. And just now I love living over here. All the tenants know me really well. They don't knock on my door or anything if something needs to be fixed. I think one of the big fears about doing house hacking for physicians are what if a, water, a toilet breaks at some point and a tenant is going to knock on my door because I live right there. But we set expectations from the start that, hey, if it's a maintenance request, you're not coming to me because I don't know how to do it. You have to go through the process that's already established. So that's really cool. And, you know, uh, to be honest, if you're building your house that you live in, if you have good relationship with people, they're going to help you. Like uh, one of my tenants, like I was out somewhere, messaged me, hey, there's a, there's a flame inside your unit and I could come back and fix it and prevent any kind of big fire that could have happened. So I think you don't have to be mean to them. I think as physicians and especially P's and ER and IM people, we are like generally nicer, uh, in, in our in our approach to people. And I I think it brings, it, it brings you back. Like if, if I had a fire in my house, I would have lost a lot more damages, but just being nice, uh, got so much value out of it.
1: Now, another fear that uh, people have about house hacking is, uh, is people finding out about your profession and what you do for work. So can you talk to us about uh, your experiences
0: there and how you dealt with that? It's actually the opposite. When people find out, found out that I'm a doctor, it was, I have never shied away from saying that I'm a doctor, but whenever they found out that I'm a physician, it improved their outlook of the building of the property and how much they wanted to live here. I remember... I, I actually helped lease the other two units uh, myself, and uh, I wanted to try it. And when people came to see the property, and uh, they saw it was just not a property manager showing the unit or not a real real estate agent showing the unit, and they saw the owner showing the unit, and then they heard that I'm a physician, it just changed the outlook completely. We had like 20 to 30 applications on one side, 20 to 30 applications on the other side to live over there. And it was just crazy. I did not expect uh, that kind of overwhelming response. And, and then you get to pick. You've already met them. And one of the things about House hack is you live over there. So you want to pick and choose the people around you. And now we have like great tenants who pay very high market rents. And uh, I live for free, in fact, cash flow from the property and, and was able to get so many benefits from it.
2: Can you tell us about when you were looking at the property and how you thought it was going to perform versus how it's doing now? Like, did it meet expectations, exceed it? What, what happened?
0: I dived in very fast. This was my first offer that I put in the property. And when we came to see the property, I used to live like five blocks from here. So I knew the neighborhood pretty well. Uh, but I was renting a property at that, that point. I came over here. It was group showing. Like if I was the first group, but uh, there were like 10 groups which were being shown in the unit. Uh, I liked the property because I thought it was like, um, I didn't know a lot of numbers, to be honest, diving in. It was just learning and then learning a lot in the first few months. I had a a mentor and a coach in New Orleans that I live in who's done house hacking before and he had uh, a great guiding uh, experience for me. And then we created a system. Everything we did, we documented. And every time we did it, it got better and better. And uh, it was funny how we like, Uh, When we, I think the ID financed like two months ago and we put a number out there that this is what the number is going to be. The bank person said, that's not going to be right. The realtor said, that's not going to be right because it's only six to seven months. But the only person that matters was the appraisal. And they were like, yes, that is right. So uh, it performed way above my expectation and uh, we pulled out all our cash from the property.
1: Wow, amazing. Yeah, and I I, I heard you say something about you had to move in within sixty days of buying the property, and that was a condition of the loan. Can you talk to us about the loan and the
0: loan terms? Yeah, yeah. So I initially I was uh, trying to get a physician's loan. Uh, so you can get a physician's loan for a fourplex uh, according to my bank uh, with zero percent down and no PMI. That is a great great hack, and I believe in that a lot uh, because. I was on a visa and because of that situation, the physician loan had to, cannot happen. It did not happen with the bank. So again, I had to like struggle through like 50 more uh, lenders and I got an FHA loan. And FHA loan is very similar. It's not 0% down, but it's 3.5% down. But you do have to pay a PMI for it. So I I got great terms like to get into a property as big as this one for 3.5% down was a great Bit and enter so that's one of the big things about house hacking. You don't have to save like sometimes you think about saving twenty percent down or twenty five percent down. It's three point five percent, which I think a lot of people can afford.
1: Amazing. Did you also take advantage of the FHA rehab loan?
0: No, that's a two or three k uh, loan. Yeah, I I did not at that point. As I said, I didn't know a lot about real estate. Getting into it, but I'm definitely going to take advantage of that when I when I redo it and. Uh, I, this is a, I love where I live right now. There's no plan to move anytime soon, but if I move again in like a year or two in New Orleans, I have 100% with two or three kilos. Yeah. Wow.
1: Is this the property you're living in right now in your background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, did you have to do
0: rehab on the property? So we did, uh, we, so there's four units out of the four, we did rehab on three. One of them, the tenant is living, uh, for a long term, and we love those guys. The it's it's very livable condition, but it was not up to how much it could be uh, how the potential of it. So in two of the units, we took two closets and made a bathroom out of it. And then it became from two bedroom, one bathroom, two bedroom, two bathrooms. That kind of increased the value a lot. We we did the old bathrooms and the and the kitchen and all those things. So we we went through around like I would say. The, the best part about it was the learning the first rehab that I did took me like two and a half months the second one I did was one and a half months the third one was two weeks so we we got better 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 system I knew that you always want a little bit of like a, a room for the rehab because they always say if it's 10,000 it's never going to be 10,000 it's going to be a little more than that and not to get stressed out about it it was it was great Yep.
2: Yeah. I love that you were so involved. I, I know I've seen pictures of you actually, you know, being, being very involved in the rehab. So that's very, very cool. You've, I'm sure, learned a lot of skills. Can you tell us a little bit about your visa, what visa you're on and, you know, how you're managing all the tax benefits of all of this?
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm still on a H-1B visa awaiting uh, my green card to be approved. Mm-hmm. Tax benefit-wise, um, uh, I have a good real estate CPA who does house hacking tax benefits as well. So basically what it does is like you divide into like 75, 25 and you get your tax benefit for the 75%. One of the big tax benefits about house hacking is if you live two out of the five years, then when you sell it, you don't have to pay the capital gain. So that is another big advantage. So if I I sold it for like 300,000 extra, it it comes to my pocket and I don't have to pay tax on that.
2: Amazing. I wanted people to hear who are on Visa because we have a lot of people in our community that this is an option for them and and that it's got these tax benefits too.
1: But what about for the 75% uh, on an annual basis? Are you doing things like bonus depreciation to generate a loss? Uh, And then are you using those losses in some
0: way? So definitely something that I've looked into multiple times, do cost segregation and do a bonus depreciation because we were uh, doing so much rehab right now. We have so much losses already. So. When we looked at the cost of doing cost segregation, which was around five thousand for my property, it didn't, uh, We didn't get the value back from bo- doing the bonus depreciation at least in 2021 and 2020. So 2022, when I feel like I'm not going to be doing anything, I might just go back. I know the the bonus depreciation last year is going to be 2022 according to current uh, law that's out there. So we might just uh, do it in 2022 and capture that. So we haven't done a big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you're working full-time, right? So you yeah. weren't able to do real estate professional. If you yeah. had been able to do real estate professional, it might have been a different situation with the cost segregation study and stuff. Yeah. And, for, and for those
1: listening who don't know, the bonus depreciation benefit uh, starts to go down starting in 2023. So 100% bonus depreciation in 2022, and then down to 80% in 2023 and, and declining every year until it goes away. Yeah. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth Short-Term Rental Blueprint will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal and missing out on it because your lender couldn't close a deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semi-retired md at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. Now, now you had talked about systems and processes. You talked about a mentor who uh, said, document everything that you do one time and you can see that you're going to have to do it again, make sure you document it and build a system and process. Can you kind of talk to us about some of the systems and processes you've built in? I you know, heard you say that you built in some systems and processes in the construction and then that got more efficient over time. So can you talk to us about some of those that you built?
0: Yeah, 100%. So one of the things even before buying real estate that I used to do was use VA, uh, virtual assistants. And I've used them in uh, my personal life and also medical uh, professional life. And one of the examples is like to increase your status from like assistant professor to associate professor to professor. One of the things is publications, And I use VAs a lot for publishing papers. And we all know how tough we, we just like sit back, never write the manuscript and never publish it. And then I was like able to publish a paper a month from them. It was so fast. it was so good. And I use them for my calendar, my schedule, a lot of other daily tasks that I do before real estate. And then I got into real estate. My first renovation took time. We didn't have a good process, but we, we kept on documenting like what was the good thing, what was the bad thing. And then we, write it, we wrote what can we improve in those bad things and make it better. And the next time when we had a contractor coming in, we had a, a system for them. Hey, this is what we expect out of you. This is the timeline. And my VAs used to sit and send them a timeline every week. And the contractors used to put it on their, uh, on the unit and check it off every week that this is done, this is not done. And then send a photo to my VA. And at the end of the week, I would just see that. So this way, what happened is, even though I was very involved, I knew I didn't have to take a stress about the daily, daily activity that was going on uh, because somebody else out there was looking out for me. The other system, so apart from that, We have a system for marketing the property. So I use Hemlane right now for property management and and marketing. One of my VAs is a graphic designer. So he does all the photos and creating the listing. And he writes uh, about all those things on the MLS site, like Zillow, Redfin, all those things and puts it on the market and then sets them on my calendar because I want to meet the new tenants who are coming in. So what I get is like a notification at the end of the day that these are the five people coming at this time tomorrow. And they set it up. They have the access to my calendar. I think I use the power of VA. I leverage them a lot. Uh, there are so many things that I use them for on a daily basis. It's, it's great.
1: Wow, it's amazing. I, I think a lot of people uh, would have this question uh, for you. How do you find your VA?
0: Yeah, so I've gone through a lot of hiddenness, a lot of trials and errors. Initially, I used to use like, uh, those freelancing VAs on various websites. And they were great, but a lot of them are generally there for one task. Like you can give them for writing a medical paper. And that was great. But now that I was going a lot into real estate, doing a lot more work, I hired two people who would be with me for longer term. And it's good to just encourage them and say that, hey, this is not your full-time goal. And you have you have to encourage a viewer that you're going to elevate as well. I found them do, using this website called Virtual Latinos. Um my current two VAs are through those websites and uh, they are out of San Diego, but they hire VAs out of Latin America and um, they have bachelor's degrees and you can interview them and they do a lot of like, work for you in terms of hiring them and then you can actually give your request what kind of VAs you need. There are various other websites like that that you can use to hire a VA, awesome. And you can just put it in. Like if you want somebody for real estate, you want somebody for marketing, somebody for design, I think uh, you can hire a VA of that.
1: That's
2: awesome. We actually have uh, three VAs that work for semi-retired MD too. Um, Mm -hmm. We ended up interviewing them and and finding them ourselves, not using a a big company Mm -hmm. to do that. But one thing we did was once we had one really good VA, when we wanted more we had that person go find us other vAs <laughs> exactly. so, yeah right it was it was pretty amazing and and that was something i learned from one of my masterminds he said find one VA and then have them go source other VAs for you yeah so
1: well good people know good, good people, people. Uh, and then yeah especially in those environments i'm sure there's they know they have friends who also want a job like that, right? Right. So,
2: right, and there's significant savings with hiring directly rather than going through an organization. But then there's benefits of the organization because they keep people accountable,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: And yeah. and are going to find people for you. You don't have to do that legwork. Like, so, very cool.
1: Very cool. Are you using any project management software or anything like that? I mean, I heard you say use Hemlane. Uh, you also put up a, a, a on the wall like a checklist of things that they needed to do that week. But any, are you using kind of any project management software to coordinate with them?
0: I did use a a couple of them, like I've used a couple of CRMs, like Asana, I've used that before. And honestly, at the end of the day, I have felt way more comfortable with Google Sheets. And I'm good at it. My VAs are really good at it. Uh, This is what we use for time tracking and everything. So uh, we've cut down, I using Asana a lot more, I've cut down from using that to Google Sheets and very comfortable with that.
2: Very cool. So I know you now have you know, your fourplex What and you're getting a short-term rental. What's your long vision of where you want to be in, let's say, five years? What does that look like for you?
0: Yeah, great question. So I do this vision uh, check for myself every quarter, and it, it's great to sit down. I've seen from 2020 to now how much it's changed. One thing I used to write in 2020 is I wanna I wanna get a 15 million portfolio and have this much cash flow and stuff like that. That's completely out of the park. I don't I I think about other things now. My vision is is basically like sitting and knowing what I really want to do with my time. And that is like I love traveling. Um, I want to spend time more with family and friends and 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 teaching and giving back. Uh, so portfolio wise is getting to a cash flow that allows me to get to that vision. So I did a, not a homework, like a a work one day, maybe like five months ago in which I wrote down my ideal year, what would I be doing? How much travel I need, how much money I need, how much that, and put a dollar value to it. And then I realized, actually, I don't need $10 million. I just need, I need $20,000 cash flow a month. And that's it. So my vision changed from holding like so many units to actually having less units, which is going to give me that cash flow. So that's what we're aiming for. My plan is to get that cash flow in three years. And that is through short term and to acquire multifamily rentals. And um, that's about it.
2: Yeah, that's so cool. I think I think uh, cash flow is a really great way to think about your goals because if you're thinking in terms of units, you kind of t- tend to limit yourself in how much each unit is going to produce every month. But if you think about cash flow, then you can do unique things like get a short-term rental that probably is going to get you halfway there just in one short-term rental potentially, right? And so it makes yeah. you broaden your thinking a little bit. And also, it's very interesting to hear like your goals kind of change in a way because we had very similar, you know, we want to replace both our incomes was our Mm -hmm. original plan. And then when we got to 250,000, we were like, we actually don't need any more. This is, this is like, yeah. And then, and then we did hit a point where we didn't know what else to do. And then that, that bigger contribution part comes in, right. Because with more money, you can contribute more. And then, you know, your goals do shift over time. So, so cool. I actually think you'll probably get to your 15 million. (laughs) I mean, you're already working on that kind of, step-by-step building out the path with goals and building
1: out the processes and systems as well. So he's like, you know, one of the things Keith Cunningham says is you got to build the machine and the machine is, you know, basically the systems and processes that allow you to grow and you're already kind of thinking ahead, building that infrastructure, which a lot of people are playing catch up. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm playing catch up. I, I just, you know, now we now have two full-time people on the real estate side of the business Uh, but it took me what the first you know five years before i hired my my first person so yeah so i I think that that's great that you're already kind of thinking ahead
2: and something else keith cunningham says is the price of entrepreneurial success is leverage and structure you're building the structure and you're getting leverage so you're Mm -hmm. already well on your way and i think that's why we really wanted to have you here is not only to hear your house hacking story but show everyone how you're using that structure and leverage to build your portfolio faster with, you know, less blood, sweat and tears, hopefully. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and to get your goals and you're literally goal setting every quarter. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. And uh, I know one of the things that a lot of physicians even locally tell me that if you are paying a thousand bucks extra a week to a VA, that means I have to work one shift extra, which is, which is something that I challenge people to not think like that that thousand bucks is suppose you're paid 200 bucks an hour that's 5 hours of your time which you can do a lot of other things you don't have to go back and work an extra shift to pay for VA. it's a big mindset change that is very difficult to bring about in people but if you lay a foundation right from the start like like Kenji was saying that it took him like 5 years to set up stuff if i i know i'm not even remotely close to where a lot of people are, but we're setting the foundation right to start and setting the system. So when things are going to start rolling automatically, a lot of times, like if I need to do another long-term rental or renovation, we don't sweat about it at all. The system is already set up and I don't have to do most of the work. I don't have to do. It's done by the VA. Amazing.
1: Well, for those who are interested in, hiring a VA and you're sitting there wondering, well, what are some tasks that I can give a VA? Uh, we got a list from Ayush and we've kind of built on that and we'll provide that for you guys as a free downloadable. Just go to semi-retiredmd.com forward slash VA and you can download that free list of tasks uh, for your VA. Well, Ayush, this has uh, been a really amazing interview. Uh, we always uh, close our uh, interviews with two questions for our guests. The first one is, what is your definition of rich?
0: Yeah, I, I actually thought about it a little bit. So I think rich people or being rich means uh, having relationships, and it is building on those relationships, whether it's both personal and businesses. And I think you know um, you guys know from your relationship, you get more deals. for example, business, if we're talking about that. you get better leads, you get to grow a lot and then at the same time, if you build better relationships personally with your friends, your family, your partners, that is also very helpful. So, rich people, rich being rich means having a very good relationships. It's always said that you, you, if you surround yourself with like five people, you're the average of five people. So, if you have a relationship with those kind of five, 10 people, you're going to be at that level. And uh, whenever you meet somebody who's very successful and you ask, who are you surrounded with? And they're going to tell you, hey, it's, it's the relationship. They'll always. That up.
1: Love that. So, what is a one one strategy, habit, or mindset that separates someone who is rich versus someone who is poor?
0: For me, it has been like investing in myself, and I think it works for a lot of people. Investing in yourself, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, uh, even skills. And I'll give you an example for that. Like um, maybe like four months ago or five months ago, I went through this program called Twenty Five Hard, and in which you have to do like two workouts a day, drink a gallon of water, read a book. There's like six, seven, take a photos and stuff like that. And you have to do that for 75 days straight. And you cannot take a day off. You take a day off, you lose. You have to start over. And uh, I remember doing night shifts, traveling, doing all kinds of stuff. And to get two workouts for 45 minutes each in was challenging, but I was doing it and I did it for 75 days. But despite doing all these things, I was most productive during that time period. And my relationships were the best. I was making big, big steps in whatever I was doing. So if you invest in yourself, and for me, that was like physically investing in myself. And that had a little bit of reading too. So I was able to like go out and provide value to everything else in my other parts of other spectrums of my, of my life.
2: That's so, so true. My coach literally was telling me that a couple of days ago. And I think Allison Armstrong, who we've had as a podcast guest before. She, she's an expert on relationships with men and women. Um, she said something like, you can't give from an empty pool, right? You have to fill yourself up first. And I think that's very consistent with what you're saying. If you take care of yourself, you show up differently for everyone else and, and your productivity and your relationships get better. So- Incredible advice, I think, to everybody here. Well, thank you so much, Ayush, for joining us. It was such a pleasure. I think you've given our audience so many ideas about how to invest on a visa, how to house hack, how to use VAs. Incredible, incredible information. So thank you so much for your time.
0: No problem. Thank you so much for having me.
2: The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.